Welcome to CIBC Private Wealth Management's Advisor Podcast. Dealing with the aftermath of a loved one's death is never easy. Between state and federal laws, the wishes of the deceased, the will, number of beneficiaries, and other factors, planning for the distribution of assets after death can be extremely complicated. But there are steps you can take to ease the burden for loved ones after you're gone. The first thing to understand is that due to changes in the stock market, fluctuations in the value of property, and other factors, the value of the assets you have today will most likely not be the same when it's time to divide between beneficiaries. It sounds simple, but it's a fact many people overlook when making their plans. Christine Quigley, partner at Schiff Harden LLP, stresses keeping future fluctuations in mind when planning the distribution of your assets. It's so important to draft documents with flexibility today, which is going to require that post-mortem planning in the future to take advantage of whatever the situation is at that time. It's also important to understand what can and cannot be handled after death. There are some common misconceptions about what can and can't be changed post-mortem, and clearing that up now will help your loved ones later. I think people sometimes will have an assumption of, well, this is what the document says, but we all know that's not really what mom and dad wanted. You can't do that. Whoever is the fiduciary, uh, you know, if the fiduciary is a family member, they're required to, and a corporate or professional trustee certainly knows they have to comply with the governing instrument. And if there's some issue with the governing instrument, then that's what court proceedings are for to figure out what should be done. And then I think the other thing that I find people often, you know, don't don't entirely integrate into their thinking about their plans is the fact that your will and, and revocable trust don't cover all of your assets, like life insurance policies and retirement accounts and certain other assets transfer by beneficiary designation. Again, I think people sometimes, you know, come at it from a perspective of if the will says assets pass to child A, but there's an IRA and the IRA says assets pass to child B, focusing on the fact that those are actually two separate documents and they govern different assets. Uh, is important and, and, and just folks don't always realize it. It's also important to remember that some assets like IRAs need to be handled differently. IRAs are particularly thorny for inheritance because that you have uh, a lot of income tax rules to comply with. So um, the beneficiary designations are generally carefully worded. We do provide very specific guidance and wording, and if clients want, we work with the custodian, the institution, to get that beneficiary designation in place. Still, one of the most important decisions when making postmortem plans is to determine which assets will be paid out quickly and which need to be held in a long-term trust. Are these particular assets best allocated to a trust that's going to be necessarily paid out to a beneficiary, whether it's a, a surviving spouse or children, or are these particular assets something that are going to grow over time and be best allocated to a long-term trust for future generations? And sometimes beneficiaries choose not to claim all the deceased assets. To do this, a disclaimer must be filed. The 
concept behind disclaimer is that if you have a, a beneficiary under a, a will or revocable trust who effectively says, you know what, I don't need those assets, they can actually uh, disclaim and then they are treated as if they predeceased the testator. Those disclaimed assets will you know, pass right pursuant to the plan uh, as to what would have happened if that person hadn't survived. There are a few specific requirements and you always have to comply, you know, both with state law and then if you want it to be a qualified disclaimer so that it doesn't have a negative tax effect, it has to also comply with uh, federal tax law. Um, but they're fairly easy to meet in general. And there are special advantages for a surviving spouse under the tax law. So we do see quite a bit of disclaimer planning that can get you tax advantages over the longer term. No two plans are the same, and there are often clearer benefits to having impartial professionals involved. Lindsay Jacobson, estate administrator with CIBC, often advises her clients to use a corporate trustee and executor. We try to often explain to our clients the benefits of having a corporate trustee, but also a corporate executor. Some of the reasons for that is a corporate executor would, you know, is more sophisticated, is able to handle with um, impartiality some of the trickier issues dealing with family dynamics. As an executor, if you are also the beneficiary, it can appear sometimes that, you know, you might have a vested interest in, in what's going on, whereas a corporate uh, executor can be very impartial in their decision-making. Establishing a flexible, well-thought-out postmortem plan will be extremely helpful to those you leave behind. Regardless of the size of your estate, it should allow your beneficiaries to receive the most value from your assets. From my perspective, the overall goal of postmortem planning is maximizing the efficiency of the plan. So that may mean taking advantage of the best tax position you can. That may mean taking advantage of the best creditor protection that you can. It may mean you know, putting uh, assets that you think are going to grow very rapidly into a more tax-efficient environment. It's really about pursuing efficiencies. More on this and other topics in the latest edition of CIBC Private Wealth Management's Advisor. Find it on privatewealth.us.cibc.com. CIBC Private Wealth Management includes CIBC National Trust Company, CIBC Delaware Trust Company, and CIBC Private Wealth Advisors Incorporated, all of which are wholly owned subsidiaries of CIBC Private Wealth Group, LLC and the Private Wealth Division of CIBC Bank USA. All of these entities are wholly owned subsidiaries of Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only, and the material presented should not be construed as an offer or recommendation to buy or sell any security. To the extent that information contained herein is derived from third-party sources, although we believe the sources to be reliable, we cannot guarantee their accuracy. Contents expressed are current as of the date of this publication and may change without notice.